Hey there, it's me, Brett Fish, and welcome to another episode of Out of the Fishbowl. I think that one of the biggest downfalls on the internet is, or has been, unprovoked conflict. And I think this can be one of, of the biggest challenges in, in so many different areas of life, even beyond the internet. Things like marriage, or work, or politics, or beliefs, which, which lead us to this question... How do we fight well? And Jack Handy once said, Before you criticize a man, walk a mile in his shoes. That way you'll be a mile away from him and have his shoes. And so in this episode, we're going to be looking at a different kind of fighting. A, a way to have conflict in a way that perhaps doesn't lose the humanity of any of the people involved in the conflict. And that is why I've decided to call this episode... Episode 6, Waging Warm. Now the way that this often plays out on the internet is that somebody will make a comment and then there'll be an opposing comment plus an insult which will be followed by a swear and an insult and maybe a name call. And then that might be followed by an unfollow or a block, which itself might be followed by a subtweet, that last final dig, that opportunity to just kind of get your last final point in, often when the person can't even hear or respond. And now in real life, when there's conflict, the same thing might look like escalation and volume. Um, it might be a case of dredging the archives, so bringing up past sins, um, things that the other person said or things that they did, or the last time they did that same thing. And this might head towards an exit or a door slam. Or you might find yourself in a space where each person is fighting for that final word or statement. I've got to get the last word in. And and that can keep last word in, last word in. And it just can be like a, a battle that just keeps on, on going backwards and forwards. It might look like interrupting the other person. Not listening, not letting them finish their, their comment or their thought, but interrupting just to have that final word. And all this leaves me with this question. How, how do we fight well? Both online and offline. And I think one of the things that, that I think is true in that space, although it's a hard one maybe to, to hold on to, is that if you are secure in your belief, if you are feeling kind of at peace with, with the ideas that you're sharing, with the, the thoughts that you are trying to defend, then there's probably less of a reason to be defensive or to be competitive. Often, often the competitive spirit comes up when you're not so sure, when there's questions of identity, where there's questions of what if the other person is right. They're challenging something I believe in, maybe something I believe in strongly. What, what are the consequences to me and to life if that person is right? And so I think one of the things is, is for us to be able to examine our beliefs and opinions and thoughts on things and to be able to have them challenged we should invite 
other people's challenge on on things we believe strongly in because hopefully we are wanting to believe in things that are the truth and if they are the truth then they will hold up under all kinds of of challenge and so if we believe strongly in something we should be inviting difference of opinion we should be inviting conflict and yet i think the internet in particular has has made us believe that conflict is a negative thing that that conflict is unhelpful and maybe it is maybe maybe the term conflict is is something that's unhelpful but this idea of of somebody having a different opposing belief when i think as as we get older like many of us just realize that often sometimes you just have to hold conflicting beliefs together and one conflicting belief doesn't necessarily cancel the other one the idea that everything isn't as as black and white as we hoped it would be but that sometimes there are grays sometimes different things apply to different people in different circumstances because different people have different contexts and in one context something can be totally okay and in another context it can be totally unacceptable and and we don't do really well generally at at holding ideas that seem to contradict each other because we most of us i think were brought up to to believe in this idea of of right versus wrong good versus evil all or nothing the idea of the extremes and and there's no space in the middle no no idea of spectrums where things can happen on a scale between 0 and 100 or sometimes below 0 and maybe sometimes over 100 that that things can operate in the middle that things are not always clear cut and i think it's important that that as i talk about this today that you hear that i'm not coming at this as an expert in any possible way this is something i've thought a lot about this is something i've done a lot of action in i do a lot of online conflict especially around race and religion and justice and poverty and things like that but all that means is i have some experience doesn't make me an expert i want to and i need to become better at this and that's one of the reasons why i'm talking about it i'm hoping there'll be feedback from this particular podcast that that people will give their opinions that you'll share your ideas that you'll give me ideas at how i can be better at it Sometimes I do it very very well. Conflict and sometimes I do it very very badly. And sometimes I feel like I'm learning a lot and getting better and sometimes it feels like I've just gone back to the beginning and have to relearn and and get up and and start again and so that can be quite frustrating. This this is an area that I would love to be to be better at. And I think when we talk about online contract online conflict sorry that if i was ever if i was ever to be known for a quote i love quoting other people and i love thinking that one day somebody's going to quote me on something but i think if i ever have a mantra or a quote that people pick up then there's two things that that i can particularly think of and one of them is this it's always about the audience and this is with regards to online internet conflict when you're having a conversation with somebody that is strongly opposed to you maybe around an area of race or privilege or something like that and this is how i have experienced that 
and and found it to be true that that it's always about the audience if i'm in conflict with somebody and we have quite strong viewpoints on something online and it doesn't really matter what that thing is they believe very strongly in their thing i believe very strongly in my thing and we're going back and forth then often people will ask me why why do you stay at it so long why do you keep on going like you're not going to change this person's mind and often the answer is you're right i'm not going to change this person's mind and as much as i'm hoping to because I believe that there's a truth that I'm holding on to. I believe that I've seen something different. I believe I have a different understanding to them. And I'd love for them to see the thing in the way that I see it. And so the hope is that they will change if I am right. Again, thinking of that idea of I'm all right and they're all wrong, where you'll probably find that there are bits of right and wrong on both sides. But, but, But that's kind of my approach. My hope is that they will change. But in those situations, when two of us have such strong opinions on a thing, my experience has shown me that the likelihood is that that person is not going to change. And the reason that I keep on for so long is because I know that there's always an audience. If I'm having conflict with somebody on Facebook or on the Twitterer, there's always people watching. And the people that are watching, often the people that are too scared to get involved and comment because they've seen what happens sometimes when you comment about a divisive issue and people shut them down or shoot them, shoot them down or whatever that that but they're interested in it and they're thinking about it. And often the audience, the people that stay around the longest are those that are conflicted about this very thing. And often they're learning things from both sides. But my hope is that if I believe strongly in a thing and I think I'm right in it. The hope is that there's something for those who are watching that will challenge their mindset, that will invite them to a different way of looking at this thing, that will, that will spark something in them where they start to question, what if, what if I have been looking at this wrong? What if there's an alternative way of looking at this? What if white privilege is a thing? What if there is racism in me? What if, as a man, there is some work that I need to be doing in the way that I treat women. And so while I don't expect that the person I'm arguing with will change, it's always about the audience, the idea. And and I've seen this happen so many times. And almost one of the frustrating things is that it often, almost always happens in my inbox. Somebody will drop me a message and say, hey, that conversation you had with with John the other day, I was watching and you really challenged me about this and I've seen that that I need to change my way of thinking. Thank you so much. It often happens behind the scenes or maybe even in a live conversation. Hey, I saw that kind of engagement that you had with that person the other day and it really just helped me to think of this a different way. And so it's for those people and I've seen it happen, which keeps me at it which keeps me involved and engaging in arguments that might feel fruitless in the moment because that person isn't changing. But often it's the manner in which I argue if I'm having a good day and if I'm engaging well and I don't resort to the things of insult or dropping a meme or making it personal. If I'm able to stay and just engage well and just present my ideas, then, then often that is what will make a breakthrough in somebody that's watching. Like they just see how the other person maybe engages in a negative way and they think, sure, there's there's something in the, the attitude that that this Brett guy had. There's something there that, that I want, that I'm missing, that, that maybe I can hope for. And so often it's the attitude, often it's the way you engage, but often it is the argument. Often it's just giving people facts or stories or different ways of seeing things that invite them 
to come a little bit closer, invite them to to challenge their ideas. And even if it's just giving them something to think about, they might think about it and, and stay with the ideas they had before. But the engagement that happens, for me, it's it's always about the audience. And I'm not sure who says it. I think it might be Rumi, but there's that quote that says, don't raise your voice, raise your argument. And, and I think that goes to what I was saying before in terms of being secure in your beliefs. If you are really secure in the thing you're believing and engaging and fighting for, then you don't need to resort to tactics. You don't have to be defensive. You don't have to be insulting. You don't have to drop a meme. The moment somebody generally drops a meme or a gif into a, a an online conversation or argument, that's the moment they've checked out. And so raise your arguments. Come up with a better argument. And if you can't in the moment, then be okay with saying, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. I think you're wrong, but let me go and do some research and let me come back to you. I think one of the the biggest things that we can do as people in life is acknowledging that we don't know the answers. That we we aren't 100% sure, that we don't have the facts at hand. But but there's something that I read before that that I'm pretty sure answers your question. Let me go find it and, and let me come back to you. An argument doesn't have to be solved in the moment. Conflict doesn't have to be kind of ended there or an engagement with differing opinions. We can go and think about it later. We can return to it. We can create other forums. We can choose to meet somebody, maybe when the world's a little bit safer, over a cup of coffee face-to-face. Because one thing that online does really badly is that it doesn't convey tone well. And so the written word that we see on the internet can often come and feel angry, even if I'm writing it very calmly, because of the context, because of how the other person's reading it, they might see it written angrily or sarcastically or something like that. Tone does not translate well on the internet. That's a lesson I've learned so many times. And so I've I've got into huge fights with people and then I meet them for coffee and they're like, I was so totally chilled. And I felt like they were being so incredibly angry because I was reading it angrily and that wasn't meant at all. And so there comes a time when, when meeting face-to-face is maybe all the time, is is a lot more powerful than doing it online. But online is great. Some people think it's not a great space for arguments and conflicts and engagements, but it's really hard to have coffee with somebody that lives on the other side of the world. And so it's a good place to initiate things. It's a good place to have conversations. It might not be the best place to finish them, but there's definitely value in engaging with people online because there's always an audience. And if you're engaging with one person or two people or three people, then you can be sure that 15 or 20 or 50 or 100 people are watching and engaging in that argument. And that can be so rich. That can give people so much to think about and learn and challenge views and opinions. And the hope is that if I believe something and I engage kind of defending it online, that I'm challenging my own views. Hopefully at the end of that, either my views will become stronger on something that I believe in, or I might see and learn that, oh, there is a different way of looking at this. Maybe I missed out on that. And I know that my journey of of learning about race, which is ongoing, a conversation that continues as I learn and grow and read and, and listen, but I know that that's the way that has been shaped so often. I think things, I've learned things, I engage with people online and I go, oh, there's something I didn't think about or I hadn't seen it from that angle or, or there's a different way of looking at this. And so it's always about the audience. Understand that people are always watching. 
which is why I question the idea that people, so many people kind of seem to think that the online space is separate from who they are in reality, which is why so many people have fake photos or pseudonyms or whatever, because you can go online and just be a jerk. You can go online and have stronger opinions that you ever would in real life. And, and that's why for me, it's essential that in all the spaces where I'm engaging with people online, you know that it's Brett Fish Anderson. There's a picture of me, I think, in most of the spaces. You know that that's who you're dealing with. And the attempt, at least, is to, to be the same person online as I am offline. Because online counts. It's, it's part of the world. It's not this fake place that, that is separate from the world. Things that happen online matter. Opinions that are expressed. We can hurt people online. We can offend people. We can bully people. We can, we can really do damage online. And so, for me, it's essential to try and be the same online and offline. Now, I know not everyone listening to this might be a Christian, but there is a guy, Jesus, that I'm sure you've heard of. And he had some very, what I think is hopeful or helpful wisdom on this, this idea of conflict. Um, and so he said this thing, that if somebody has caused an offense to you, the first thing you should do is go to them one-on-one -on -one and try and make peace. If that doesn't work, then go to the small group. He, he called it one or two of the elders in the church. But, but basically take it to a small group of people that are trusted by both parties and see if you can sort it out in the small group. And then if that doesn't work, take it to the wider community. And then there's such an interesting thing at the end of that passage that says, if it can't be resolved in the community, then treat that person like you would an outsider. And I think a lot of people have... have come up with different understandings of what they, that means and, and think that Jesus is saying, try sort this out one-on-one. -on -one. If you can't go to a small group, if you can't try it out in the bigger group, if not, then kick that person out, expel them, close the door and be done with them because that's how you would treat an outsider. Except I would question that if you look at Jesus, that's not how he treated outsiders. And with Jesus there was this sense that the door is always open. And so it might be that there's no space for a divisive person to remain in community with those divisive ideas. And there might be a, a need for somebody to spend some time outside of community thinking about that thing, wrestling with it, challenging it or whatever. But, but the thing that I know about Jesus and the thing that I want desperately to be true about me is that the door is always open. We might not agree on every, anything, everything. We might fight. We might part ways. But if there's a moment when you say, hey, I want to pursue relationship. I want to pursue forgiveness or rightness between us. Then the door is always open. And I feel like that is, that is something we witnessed in Jesus. He never expelled anyone from his presence and said, don't come back. But there was always access to him. People that let him down deeply were invited back into the space. He invited people back into his close group of friends that had betrayed him completely. And that's, and that's kind of a mindset that I want when it comes to conflict. We might get to a point where we feel it can't be resolved and these ideas are too strong and we might say things that hurt each other and we might kind of walk away from each other. But, but from my side, I want the door to always be open that, that if, if you come back, and want to pursue relationship and want to try again and want to try figure this thing out and understand it or whatever that the door is always open and so as we as we kind of move towards the end of 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 looking at this question of how do we fight well 
I want to I want to share this idea with you. On the one side is holding the relationship, and on the other side is holding the rightness or the perceived righteousness in your argument. Being right versus being in relationship. And I think most cases, if if I have conflict with someone, I want to err on the side of of saving the relationship. We don't have to agree on everything. We don't have to surround ourselves with people that think the same as we do. I've got some really close friends that differ from me ideologically, from a faith perspective, from a sporting team perspective, from a pineapple on pizza perspective, all those areas. But do I hold, do I choose to hold the relationship? Or do I choose to hold the rightness or the perceived righteousness that I hold when, I, when it comes to an idea or something I believe? And I want to suggest that, that the relationship should be key. And maybe how do we fight better? Maybe the answer to how do we fight better could be discovered somewhere in the how do we be better. And I know that's going to cause angst to any English teacher's listening to this podcast because that's awful English but how do we be better how do we be better people how do we become better people that that seek relationship with people over being right over winning an argument over having the last word over needing everyone to believe the same things we do or agree with or think the same things that we think I think if we start to pursue that idea how can I be better how can I do better then we will start to head towards an answer to this question, how do we fight better? And I think if we learn how to fight better, if we learn how to do conflict better, the world can only become a better place. Our relationships will improve, our communities will improve, our communities of difference where people are different to us or think differently or look differently, I think those will become a lot better. And so that is the question that I want to leave you with. How do we fight better? 